Good morning. It appears we have a quorum, so we'll get started. Before we go on the Gemara, I just want to explain something in the Mishnah that we read yesterday. We learned that you can make L-shaped walls, uh, an ama on each leg, around at the four corners around a well in Rishisarabim, and it then becomes permitted to draw water. The well is Rishisayachid. Without these little walls, the, the area around the well is Rishisarabim. These little walls are an ama, as I said, they're L-shaped, an ama on this side, an ama on that side, and have space between them, up to 10 amos according to Rabbi Meir, and up to 13 and a third amos according to Rabbi Huda. And the Rishonim are bothered by how did that become a Rishisayachid? We just learned in the previous parak that you have to have more standing than open in order to have a machitza for a wall to be a valid wall. You can't have an opening bigger than the part of the wall that's standing. And according to one opinion, you can't even have a wall equal to the part that's standing. So how is this a Rishisayachid in which you can carry? When you draw water out of the well, you are carrying or transferring, you would be transferring from Shusayachid to Shusarabim, if not that this area somehow became Shusayachid. Rishonim addressed this. Toso says, the first Tosos in the Perak, that when we said before that Hashem taught Moshe don't have mostly open, that was talking about when you don't have four walls. But if you have four walls, you have an Amma standing at each corner, so that's sufficient to close off the area, and even if it's more open than closed, it's it, it's still considered a mechitza. The Ritva elaborates and says that this has to be part of the Halacha Sinai. We said that mechitzos are Halacha Sinai, that Hashem told Moshe at Sinai, you can't learn them out from the, from the written Torah, and this has to have been part of the Halacha Lomoshi Sinai, Ritva offers another explanation which he rejects, which which is that the whole concept of Harutz Rubek Omeid not being good, where it's more open than standing, it's not good, was actually Drabanan, and when the Gemara used the language before, Achi Agmari Rachmana Lemoshe, this is what Hashem told Moshe, it meant Hashem told Moshe that the Rabbanan later will make such a Gzera, but not that it's actually Doraisa, and he Ritpa rejects that because we said that Mechitzos are Halach So the short answer is that it must be part of the Halach that this is also considered a Mechitza, and Tostos explains the distinction is where you have four, uh, four sides, then you could even have Parutz uh, Mubalo made, but only still only up to the amount that could be considered a door, a doorway, which according to Rabbi Meir is 10 amos, and according to uh, Rabbi Yehuda, we'll see in the Gemara, is 13 and a third amos. So we're up to the Gemara, the beginning of the Gemara on Yud Chesam and Aleph. Lema manitin Chananya. Let us say that our Mishnah is not like Chananya. Our Mishnah says, Osin pasim libiraot, you can make boards around wells. Biraot is plural of of the air. It's like the same same thing. 
So they are wells. So let's say our Mishnah is not like Hananya, Ditanya, Osim, Pasim, Labor, Vachavalim, Lashaira. Hananya Omer, Chavalim, Labor, Avalula, Pasim. Brysa says, you can make Pasim for a boar. A boar is a cistern, but here the Gemara is assuming that cisterns and wells, we don't distinguish between them. The difference between a well and a cistern is that a well is a natural feature from which water comes, and a bore is a cistern, a, a place for gathering rainwater. It's not a natural, it could be a natural feature, but it's not water coming up from the ground, it's a place that collects rainwater, or it could be man-made. So the Bryce says, Osim pasim labor, chavalim l'shera, you can make a machitza of pasim, of L-shaped corner boards for a bore, and a ropes for a caravan, as we discussed. The Hanania Omer Chavalim Labor. Hanania says you need ropes for a bore of a lopasin, but not boards. He seems to be saying that for a place you get water from, this arrangement of boards is not good. The Gemara answers, no, a bore and a be'er are different things. You can even say our Mishnah is like Hanania, bore lechud, be'er lechud. A bore is separate and a be'er is separate. A cistern, a water gathering place, is different than a be'er. And Rashi, and Rashi explains that since a bore is a gathering place of rainwater, it could run out, it could empty, whereas a be'er is natural water and it's not likely to dry up. And therefore, they have different halachos. Ika de Amri, there are those who say who, as follows. Since Hanania did not say you make ropes for a boar and boards for a be'er, can we infer that there's no difference between a boar and a be'er? Chavalim in pasin lo, and need ropes and not boards? Lo, no. I'm sorry. Pasim lo, lemo anitin lo Hanania. Should we say that the Mishnah is not like Hanania because it implies you cannot make boards for be'er? No. A filo tema Hanania, you could even say our Mishnah is like Hanania. Lemai di kamar tanakama kamahaderle. And in the Brisa, Hanania is simply responding to the Tanakama. The Tanakama said, that you can make boards for a boar and ropes for a caravan, and Hanania said, no, ropes for a boar. And they were never discussing a be'er, so he didn't comment on a be'er, but he really could hold like our Mishnah, that you could make boards for a be'er, for a, a well. Let us say our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Kiva. It's not, we learned in Mishnah, Echad be'er harabim, ubor harabim, whether a public well or a public cistern or a private well, you can make boards. But a private cistern requires a full-fledged mechitza. And whereas our Mishnah specifies wells, implying wells and not cisterns. Rabbi Kiva said that you could make pasim 
for a public cistern? So the Gemara answers, Afilo Temer Rabbi Kiva. You could even say our Mishnah is Rabbi Kiva. Be'er Mayim Chayim Vipsikalei Loshnad Ravim Loshnad Yachid Ketani. A well of, of living water, meaning a well that provides water from a spring or an un- some underground source. Since the halacha is fixed, it doesn't matter if it belongs to the public or a private person. The halacha is the same. Therefore, our Mishnah mentioned it. Bor b'chunasim, a cistern of gathered water, delop sikale, which is not, which is not definitive, because there's a difference between a, a public and private. Loktani, it did not mention it. But really, our Mishnah agrees with that distinction. It could even be according to Rikiva. Lema matnitin lokr b'yehuda b'mbava. Let's say our Mishnah is not like b'yehuda b'mbava. It's non. We learned in Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava Omer, Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava says, Ein osim pasim, ela lebe'er harabim bilvad. Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava said, you can only make uh, this arrangement of boards for a public be'er. Biluhachaktani lebira'ot. And Ere Mishnah says, for wells, plural. Loshna derabim, loshna diachid, which implies public and private. Why else is it plural? So it's not like Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava who said, that you can make pasim only for a public well? Our answer is, Afilotema Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava. You could even say our Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava, my biraot. What does it mean? Wells, plural? Biraot to Alma means wells in general. Therefore, our Mishnah could even be like all of these Tanaim who we mentioned, who at first glance would disagree with our Mishnah. Mara asks, my Jumadin, what does the word Jumadin mean? I'm Rabbi Yirmiya bin Lazar, to you, Amudim. Means two, two posts. They're not really posts, they're, uh, have to be an Amma wide each, so two things that are standing up. Since we've been talking about two things, now we are going to talk about some other situations involving two things. Tsanhata. There's a simon first, Dio, Lemenudet, Shevach, Zunit, Mikalkel, Bimidah, Shosha, Siman. So this is a simon for remembering the Agadata, which is coming up. Tanhatam, we learned the Mishnah in Demai. We mentioned yesterday, Demai is produce of an Amaretz, and you have to take Maser from it out of doubt that the Amaretz who loves money and is not so careful about halachos, did not separate maser. So we learn a mission to my Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says kol hashitin p'turim, all inferior figs are putter from demai. Since they are inferior, the Amaretz doesn't care about them so much, and he does take maser from them. Chutz min ha Except from the diufra which, even though it's inferior, but the Amaretz values it, and therefore we're afraid he doesn't take Maser from it. My diufra, what is a diufra? Amar ula ilan hause du perot b'shana. Diufra is short for two fruits. It's a tree that gives two crops every year. Amar b'yirmiya ben Elazar. Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar says, Adam Rishon had two faces. 
Shemar, as the Pasuk says, Achor Vakenim Sartani, you created me front and back. So he had a face in front and a face in back. Tiv, Pasuk says, Vayiven Hashem Okimet Hashem built the side of Adam into, into a woman. Rav Shmuel Hanamar Partsuf, Machokas Rav Shmuel, one says, what is his side? It's his other face. And one says, Adam Rishon had a tail, and Hashem turned that tail into Chava. According to one who says that it was a face, that's the meaning of the Pasuk, front and back, you created me. Originally, Adam Rishon had a face in front and a face in back, and then Hashem removed the back face and turned it into a woman. But according to the one that says that Chava was created from a t- from Adam Rishon's tail, my Sartani, what's the meaning of front and back? Slimar answers Achor Vakedem, don't translate it front and back, translate it as after and before. Kid Rabbi Ami, like Rabbi Ami says, I'm Rabbi Ami, Achor Man was created at the end of creation. That's Achor. And when it comes to getting in trouble, man is first. As more will explain. I understand what it means that man was created at the back end of creation, that he wasn't created until Friday. But he's first for trouble. What's that referring to? If you'll say that it refers to being cursed, that's not the case. The Nachash was cursed first, and after that Chava, and after that Adam. So Adam was not cursed first. Rather, it's referring to the, to the flood. It says Hashem wiped out everything that was standing on the face of the earth from man until animal. So you see that when it came to trouble, when it came to destruction, man was first. Mara continues, according to one who says that other nation had two faces, that would explain why when the Pasuk refers to Adam being formed, it says Vayitzer and has two Yods. Because he was created double. But according to the one who says that Adam Rishon had a tail, my Vayitzer, what is the double Yod for? It's like Rishon Vipazi, Dhamma Rishon Vipazi, Oili Mitzri, Oili Miyotzri. The word Yitzer, Yitzer, which means to form, alludes to the Yitzer Hara, and it alludes to Hashem, which is the former, the one who forms. So, Woe to me from my Yetzirah, woe to me from my my creator. Rashi explains, if I if I don't listen to my Yetzirah, it'll give me a really hard time. And if I do listen to my Yetzirah, Hashem will give me a hard time. And if I listen to Hashem, my Yetzirah will give me a hard time. So uh, I get it coming and going. Either way, woe to me from my Yetzirah, woe to me from Hashem. According to the one who says that Adarishon was created with two faces, 
one of which became Chava, so then it means that the woman was created with him, and therefore I understand the Pasuk that says he created them male and female, because the word Bri'ah refers to the original creation, and the original creation was male and female. Hashem, uh, Adam was one person who was male on one side and female on the other side. But according to one who says that that Adam was one person who had a tail and the woman was made out of the tail, so what does it mean? He created them male and female. Like Rabbi Abau. Rabbi Abau, Rami Tiv. Rabbi Abau asks a contradiction in Sukkim. It says he created them male and female. Uchtiv, and it says It says he created him in the image of Elohim. So, did he create them or did he create him? In the beginning, Hashem thought, so to speak, of creating two. In the end, he created one. So, Zachar Nekivat Bira'am refers to God's thoughts, and, and Bara'oto refers to what God did. Whenever we speak about what Hashem thought versus what Hashem did, obviously, it's a very deep concept. Hashem doesn't make mistakes, and Hashem doesn't change his mind, and Hashem doesn't think, oh, I should do it this way. No, I should do it this way. Hashem knows everything, uh, not like we know. Hashem just knows everything. So, obviously, it indicates some level on which there's an argument why it should be this way, but Hashem made it the other way. For example, we talk about Hashem thought of creating the world with Midas Sadin, and then he mixed in Midas Arachamim, the same thing. There's an argument, or there's some aspect of existence on which it is this way, but if you look at it, you see it's the other way. That's there. There would be a similar interpretation here. Mar continues the first very wide line. According to one who says that Adam had two faces and Hashem removed one of them, I understand why the pasuk says he closed up the flesh, because if the back of Adam's head was a woman's face, then when Hashem surgically removed it, he had to put something else there. But according to one who says the tail, my vice gorbasar tachten, that doesn't mean he closed flesh in his place, he just cut off the tail and and the per, the rest of the person remained. Ravzvid said, and if you wish you could say it's Rabbi Yirmiya, and if you wish you could say it's Ravnachim Reitzak, it means he closed up the place where the where the incision was. If you cut off the tail, there's a wound, and the wound needs to be dealt with, and that's what it means. Hashem closed up that place where the wound was. Now the Gemara says, I understand according to the one who says it was a tail. That's what it means he built. Hashem took Adam's tail, and formed it into a woman. But according to one who says that it was a face, what did Hashem have to build? There were already two people there. 
and Hashem just cut down the middle and separated them. What did he have to build? Our answer is like Rabbi Shimon ben Menasseh, like Rabbi Shimon ben Menasseh, the Darish Rabbi Shimon ben Menasseh, by even Hashem Elokim et Zelah says Hashem built the side. Means that Hashem braided her hair, and brought her to Adam Rishon. She came Yam Korim In in the islands of the sea, they call a hairdo a building. I've seen hairdos that you know that go like three feet above the head. That's a real building. So I don't know if that's what Kava's hairdo looked like, but it means that Hashem prepared her, Hashem beautified her before bringing her to Adam Rishon so that he would be attracted to her and would marry her, even though he didn't have any choices. But nevertheless, Hashem wants there to be love between a husband and a wife, and part of that is beautifying the Kala. So that's what Hashem did. Davar Acher, another interpretation, by even Hashem Elohim, says Hashem Elohim built, said, and some say it's a brisa. Hashem built Chava like a storehouse. Just as a storehouse is wide on the bottom and narrow on the top, in order to support the fruits, there should be more weight on the bottom than on the top be more structurally sound. So too, a woman is built that way, in order to hold the offspring. There's more weight towards the bottom. The Pasuk says, Hashem brought the woman to Adam. See that Hashem acted as a companion to Adam Rishon at his wedding. Rashi says he he helped with the make a shidduch and he helped helped him celebrate at his wedding and helped prepare a suda for the wedding. That's what a shoshvin does. That's the term shoshvin, sometimes translated usher. It doesn't really capture the whole thing. The the idea of somebody walking the chassid and kala to the chuppah it comes from here. It's to be a shoshvin to accompany the the chassid and kala uh, to chuppah. In, in, in most of our circles, it's the Chassid's parents with the Chassid and the Kala's parents with the Kala. Some do it the other way. The father's with the Chassid and the two mothers with the Kala. But even if there are no parents, somebody should walk the Chassid or the Kala to the Chuppah. That's the idea. It comes from here. Mikan, from here we, hear, from here we learn, that a great person can or should not think it's beneath him to accompany a lesser person to the chuppah. If Hashem accompanied Chava to the to the chuppah, then certainly a great person can accompany a lesser person to the chala, to the to the to the chuppah. The al yiralo, and he shouldn't feel bad. Mar asked Ulamad Amar Partsuf, according to one who says that Adam Rishon had two faces, Haimini Usagi Varesha, which one walked first? Amar Nachmali Yisak Mistavra de Zachar Sagi Baresha. The Nachmanisha says it's logical that the man walked first. Titania Loli Alecha Damachre Yishava Derech. Because we learned in a man should not walk behind a woman on the road, but feel he even his wife. He's Damnala Gesher. 
If you come to a bridge, you should move her to the side. Rashi says means you should pass her. If somebody walks, goes behind a woman in a river where she has to lift up her skirts to wade through the river, there's no portion in because he'll, he'll, he'll be tempted to look at things he shouldn't look at. Rashi says here this idea of of not walking behind one's wife is because it's beneath a man's dignity to walk behind a woman. It's not because of a concern, not like we'll see later in the daf, because of a concern of of seeing something improper. She says, what? Uh, what's the problem? But it's a matter of dignity. Tanarvanan. Nirvanan taught Nebraisa. If a person counts money from his hand into a woman's hand, or from her hand into his hand, in order to look at her, and the Farshan point out, it doesn't even mean to have necessarily improper thoughts, even just admiring the beauty of Hashem's creation, it's improper because it will lead to improper thoughts. So, Afilo even if he is like Moshe Rabbeinu, who received the Torah from Sinai, he will not be cleansed from the din of Gehenna. Why is he? Why do we bring Moshe Rabbeinu into this? So Rashi says that the the comparison is Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah from Hashem's hands into Moshe's hands. In contrast, a person who counts money from his hand into a woman's hand for the purpose of looking at her, uh, even if he's as great as Moshe Rabbeinu, who received the Torah from Hashem's hands into his hands, he will not be cleansed from Gehenna. About him, the Pasuk says, uh, From hand to hand, he won't be cleansed of Bad. He will not be cleansed from the din of Ganem. Amar of Nachman. Rav Nachman says, Manoch am Manoch was an am haaretz. Manoch is the father of Shimshon. Shinemar, vayakum vayelach manoch achareishto. It says that Manoch got up and went after his wife. So, if he went behind his wife, he must be an am because we just learned you shouldn't go behind your wife. Matkifla Rav Nachman Yitzchak. Rav Nachman Yitzchak asked Akasha, if so, you can tell me Elkanah, the father of Shmuel, was an Amaretz. It says he went after his wife. Elkanah, the father of Shmuel, was a Navi. An Amaretz cannot be a Navi. So, it's not consistent. Are you going to tell me he also was an Amaretz? Regarding Elisha, Hanavi. It says he got up and he went after the woman. Achanami, tell me, Elisha was an Amaris, Elisha was a Navi. Ela achareid vareb atzata. Rather, it means he followed her words and her advice. Achanami, achareid vareb atzata. So too, Manoach was following his word, his wife's words and advice. She said, she said, a Navi appeared to me. They didn't know it was an angel. They thought it was a Navi. She said, a Navi appeared to me, and he said, show me where. And she said, Let's go. And he followed her. Uh, he just was following her words. 
Um, Rav Ashi, so, so you cannot bring a proof from there that Manoach was an Amaretz. Um, Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi says, but according to that which Rav Nachman said, Manoach was an Amaretz, he didn't even learn Psukim. It says that Rivka and her maidens got got up and got on the camels and rode behind the man. Not in front of the man. Gemara here suggests that Manoch was an Amaretz and then rejects the proof. And yet, Mufarshim on Sefer Shoftim take for granted that Manoch was an Amaretz. And even after we rejected the proof, Ravashi says, and according to what we were thinking, he didn't even learn Chomesh. It must be, I did not see anyone who addresses this, but it must be that Chazal had a tradition that Manoch was an Amaretz. And Rav Nachman tried to tie it into the Psukim. The Gemara is not saying that Manoch is not an Amaretz. The Gemara is saying you cannot bring a proof from these Psukim that Manoch was an Amaretz. But there must, they must have had such a tradition, otherwise they wouldn't continue, pardon the expression, to beat up on him like this. I, I didn't see anyone who says that, but it's just the only way I, I can understand the Gemara at present. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Acharei Ari Velochrei Isha, better to walk behind a lion than to walk behind a woman. Acharei Isha Velochrei Avodak Kochavim, better to walk behind a woman than to walk behind an Avodazara. Better to walk behind an Avodah Zarah than to walk behind a shul when the tzibur is davening and if you don't go into shul you look like you are uh, a kofar, like you're a heretic who doesn't go into shul and we learned in Brachos that of course if there are different shul, if there are multiple shuls or the shul has multiple doors then there are exceptions but that's not our sugya here. Arbach as a tshuva about walking behind a woman, and he says, and he said, brings that even in time of Rishonim, this seemed to be a, the case that they said this doesn't apply so much nowadays, and he suggests that the reason is that in time of the Gemara, women rarely went outdoors. He brings some so fair that the reason women don't light Hanukkah candles is because in order to light Hanukkah candles, they would have to go outside or stand by the window, and that's not a proper feminine thing to do. So, in the time of the Gemara, if you would see a woman in the street, it would be a shocking thing. So, if you are walking in the opposite direction, and you meet a woman face-to-face, we're not worried that you're going to stare at her, because she'll see you staring, and you'll be embarrassed. But if you're walking behind a woman, you're, we're worried that you're going to stare at her, and and that's that leads to improper thoughts, and therefore it was a problem. It says, but nowadays, first of all, it's impossible. He uses an expression borrowed from Argamara. Nowadays, parutz mu made. It's a rabbinic joke. Parutz is like pritzus, uh, immorality. So the immorality is greater than the good midos that are still standing, the parutz muvelo made. And furthermore, if you try to avoid walking behind a woman, you'll just end up walking behind a different woman. And therefore, it's impossible to try to avoid it. He then goes on and says, though, that even for manners, 
know, today, maybe less so today than 50 years ago, but it's still in many places considered polite for a man to hold the door open for a woman, even a strange woman, and to let her go first. And he says that possibly even that's permitted, since that's the way of the world. Uh, this, But there are definitely arguments that this halakha doesn't apply nowadays. He doesn't discuss this, but we saw here two different reasons for not walking behind a woman. One is because of pritzos, of possibility of immorality, and the other is because of the dignity of a man. And what he's saying doesn't really address the first point, unless he's saying that nowadays, since everybody does it, it's not a matter of dignity either. He doesn't address it ex- explicitly. Gemara continues. Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar. Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar says, Kol All of the years that Adam Rishon was in a state of rejection, Hashem criticized him, and as we'll see momentarily, for 130 years he separated from his wife. He acted like someone who's in excommunication. So all of those years, Holid Ruchinu Shedin Vililin. He fathered Shedim, and Lilin are female Shedim, and other kinds of spirits. Shedemar, Vaychi Adam Shoshim Umat It says man lived 130 years. And then he fathered a child in his image. It seems that until now he did not father offspring in his image. Adam Rishon was a great chassid. When he saw that, that death had been decreed on the world because of him, he fasted for 130 years. Presumably he ate at night. He separated from his wife for 130 years. And he wore fig leaves for 130 years. If he separated from his wife, then how did he father the Shadim? Mara answers, This is referring to the Shechva Zera, which he emitted involuntarily. It, he wasn't with his wife. Mepharshim asked, how can you call him a great Chassid if he did something that resulted in 130 years of being Motsi Zera Lepatala, of emitting Shechva Zera for uh, no cause? You call that a Chassid? Mepharshim gave a couple of different answers. One is that since he was a menudeh, he was a person who was in a form of excommunication, so he's prohibited to be with his wife, and therefore he wasn't. You can't, you can't criticize him for that. Another explanation is that the two statements are separate. Yes, he was a great chassid who observed, observed a degree of mourning because he was in excommunication, but the Gemara is in fact pointing out that he went too far, and that a person should not go to extremes, that he should not have separated from his wife for 130 years. We, we're always very reluctant to criticize people in Tanakh, but that is a possible interpretation of the Gemara, because the Gemara is saying, as a result of separating from his wife, this bad thing happened, so maybe it's teaching us not to go to extremes. The explanation is from my Rebbe Ritzuriel. Gemara continues, The Amr Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar, Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar said 
we say a little bit of a person's praise to his face, the kulo shalobufanav. I'm sorry. We say a little bit of a person's praise to his face, and all of his praise not to his face. A little bit to his face. Hashem said to Noah, I have seen you to be a tzaddik in this generation. All of it not to his face. As it says, Noah was a Sadiq, a perfect person in his generation, it says that about him, not to him. There's Purim Torah that says that that's why throughout the Megillah, Hamlan is called Sorer Hayudim, the enemy of the Jews, but after Hamlan is hung, he's called Sorer Kol Hayudim, the enemy of all of the Jews, because he considered that his praise, so we don't say his full praise while he's alive, as long as he's alive, he's just called the enemy of some of the Jews. It's Purim Torah, but it's the same idea. Rabbi Yirmiya ben Elazar said, My dichtiv, what is the meaning of the Pasuk? It says that the dove that Noah sent out brought back a leaf of an olive in its mouth. Amra and Taraf, it grabbed in its mouth. Amra Amra The dove said before Kadosh Baruch let my food be bitter like an olive. Raw olives are bitter. You just pick an olive off a tree and eat it. It's it's not edible. Let them be in your hand. Rather than being sweet like honey, and being dependent on a person. As long as I was in the Teva, I was dependent on a human being. I'd rather be dependent on you, even if my food is bitter. It says here that he grabbed the the olive leaf in his mouth, and it says, Give me the bread of my portion. It uses a similar language, like Taraf. So we see that we he wanted the food to come from Hashem. One more. A house in which Divrei Torah are heard at night will not be destroyed. As it says, he did not say, where is the God who made me, who gives song in the night? And therefore, Eov's house was destroyed. But if a person learns Torah at night, his house will not be destroyed. The Ufarshim, I think it was, say, for Ein Eliyahu, where I saw this, explain that the Gemara says night was given for sleeping. So if a person learns Torah at night, he's going beyond the letter of the law, so to speak, doing Hashem a favor. So Hashem will do him a favor and will go beyond the letter of the law and not destroy his house. And why is it called Zmirot? Uh, we find elsewhere in the Gemara that David Amalek was criticized for calling the Torah Zmiros, songs. So he suggests that the word here, Zmirot, doesn't mean songs, but it means to prune, that learning Torah at night prunes away the Midas Hadin, which is night. Night represents Midas Hadin, it's the time of Midas Hadin, and, and learning Torah at night prunes it away. We, we have, as in a few minutes, some of us will be saying Pesukit Zimra. Uh, it's the, saw, the, the verses of Zimra, so some translate that as the verses of song, and others translate that as the verses of pruning, the purpose of Pesukit Zimra, 
is to get you into the mood for davening, really davening is Shmanesrei, as we learned in Masachet Brachos, but to get in the mood for davening, you prune away all of your outside thoughts by saying Psuke de Zimran, focusing on, on praise of God. That is the alternative meaning of Zimra or Zmirat. Have a good day.